Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, the Unknown Podcast, where we aren't on a schedule really anymore. It's just chaos, and we record when we can. I, I'm one of your hosts, Sean Hulihan, and with me are... Oh, Brian Rufo. Uh, and it's your boy, Mike Niener, uh, or as they call me on the streets, uh, Jerky Boy number one, uh, lifeguard number two. And uh, potato fan number three. Not a big fan of potatoes. That's a lie. I love them. Did you say lifeguard number two? Yeah. And I don't ca- two don't count me? on me to save your life, but I can be... Hey, look! Somebody needs to give that guy CPR. Uh, so just a bystander. Uh, you, you could say that. He's uh, I I am. He's got good eyes, but bad form. So he's... Boy. I also don't know how to swim. Oh, he really? Tona, Dona, I do. Oh, I just, okay. I just can't be a lifeguard. I was about to, I was about to end the podcast there and say we need to focus on that more than this right <laughs> now. Um, you may have noticed that we haven't been recording the last couple weeks because we've just been having scheduling issues with us three. So uh, what we're going to do this week is we're going to do two movies. We're going to be crazy and do two. Uh, we're going to do first uh, A Star is Born with uh, Bradley copper and lady gagu and nice. then we're gonna do gagu first man with ryan G- goosling and darmian they're directed by what's this darm D- damian D- D- darmian chad chastity Chaz- chastity but yeah yeah him so um we can do a star is born first and it's gonna be brutal because uh I feel like I'm not. I'm, I'm gonna be so all over the place with this, but uh, who wants to start? I'll start. Go for it, Brian. Hit, hit us up. What do you got? Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Actually, not really. I oh. really liked it. Oh, okay. Um, so I have a rant incoming, but I'm gonna save it until after we do First Man because Star is Born actually ties into my rant. Oh, okay. But I'll right. save it. And I, but. Spoiler alert! I'm gonna sound like a huge hypocrite after I ra- after I rant. So all right, I wouldn't so anyway. expect any less of you. <laughs> so Stars Born, I did enjoy it. I really liked Lady Gaga. Uh, Bradley Cooper was was really charming, and I think I'm in love. <laughs> um, I thought he handled it really really well, like acting and then actually first time directing, and then also writing. So I thought he kind of juggled all three pretty well. Um, the songs I know Micah kind of was very uh, <laughs> ambivalent about the songs but I really liked them I thought they were really catchy uh, I really like um, I mean Shallow I guess is the one standout but I really like It's Alright or Is That Alright I really dig that song uh, and then the final song I really like um, but I will I will attest that yeah there were some Shallow uh, <laughs> lyrics in some of the songs. The, the music itself was was good, like it was catchy and it sounded good. But I just like couldn't get over how plain the lyrics were. Like when you actually read them, it's just which I guess isn't too far off from re- actual popular music. But yeah, well, there's like w- that one song that she sings on Saturday Night Live that was just really yeah. really bad. And I was yeah. just like, oh, but oh wait, I can kind of see that being popular because <laughs> right now popular. Yeah, music I was like, sucks. what is this a Cardi B song? Yeah. Jesus, so, dude. Shots fired. Shots fired. Cardi B, I'm calling you out. I know you I'm listen. Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Cardi B's mentally handicapped. 
I asked Liz every now and then if she is because she just like repeats her names in all of her song in her songs. She mm. has to remind herself who she is. Yeah, and it's just like, is she mentally handicapped? Because if she is, like, like good on her for doing so well. But then if she's not, then she probably should be. Um. Anywho, Jesus Christ. I think my favorite part of it. Uh, it's nothing like no no scene or anything, no shot. But it was just that. Bradley Cooper brings mention that people, him and Sam Elliott, couldn't do a uh, duet or like a duo uh, rock band because people were just confusing them as father and son. And I 100% thought they were father and son until he said that. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, Sam Elliott shot. Yeah, Sam Elliott's not his dad. Oh shit, he's his brother. Yeah. Oh, okay, this all makes sense now. Um. But no, yeah, I liked it. I. Yeah, it's just it's a remake of a remake of a remake. So have you seen any of the other uh, older ones? I have not. Uh, I've heard good things about the Judy Garland one, and okay. then I heard the 1976 like Barbara Streisand one was just okay. Like it's good for it right. being Barbara Streisand, but other than that, not that good. Um, I mean, there was a few like really good shots. Like I don't know, I, I liked it, but. I'll save my rant for later. <laughs> I thought it was good. Um, I thought it was sad. Uh, I don't... It kind of fell in the ballpark as one of those things where I I think it's going to do well in the awards circuit, but as in terms of nominations, but like it's by no means, I would say, like the front runner in anything. Um, and I feel like the hype that I was hearing was like, it's going to sweep everything. And, and I don't know if I personally see that. Um, but I do think Bradley Cooper's directorial debut was phenomenal like that. There was a lot of really good stuff going on there. Uh, and obviously his performance is really good. And then I think Lady Gaga came through with a really solid performance as well, which I, I've never seen her in American Horror Story, but I knew that she was in it. And I so I, I know that she's... Not new to acting, but relatively new. Um, so that was she was really good. Um, but I just but don't see really it as good like chemistry a, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm kind of in that same. Like, I didn't really hear much about it. I knew it was remakes, or it was a remake of a remake of a remake, or however deep that goes. So I think it's the fourth time. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I. I was just like whatever, but like the movie was good. Like I don't regret watching it or anything, but I'm I wasn't watching it thinking that this was amazing and yeah. was gonna like this is changing it, me right now. And it's yeah. one of those things that you just watch and you recognize it being a good movie. Yeah, but it's nothing spectacular. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of interesting themes and storylines going on, but it wasn't. I don't know. I wasn't. I just wasn't blown away or anything like that. I, yeah. yeah, no. And the music was the music was catchy, like you guys have said. I'm not seeing anything new with that, and it was just entertaining. I don't know. I wasn't. Yeah. Uh, I just. That's really all I guess I can say is I wasn't. Uh, I guess I was expecting more, hearing the hype, and like thinking like, all right, like here we go, like. Yeah. And they were like both of them were really good all around, and um, they had some cool shots. Honestly, the moments of the movie that probably hit me the most were the the dog sitting in front of the garage door yeah and that and then um sam elliott um when 
Bradley Cooper's character says that um, he wanted to be more like him than their dad, and he's just backing oh, up. and he's and backing it, out of the driveway. It, and he's crying, and I'm like, oh, fuck, Sam Elliott's yeah. crying, man. No. So um, I feel like those are the strong points of the movie for me. So. Yeah, I thought that same, the same thing with that Sam Elliott scene. And then I think with that with the dog scene, that was like the best way to show that emotion without having to actually force the audience to watch Bradley Cooper kill himself, you know? So I uh I I guess my I guess my only complaint, I guess, towards the whole handling of like his suicide is if you've watched any of the other previous three ones, like you knew he was gonna die at some point. So I guess my complaint I knew that going in that he was going to die. So my, I guess my complaint is that, like, yeah, it was a good movie, but I wish they would have switched it up. Maybe have Lady Gaga die instead. Just, like, put more of a fresh take instead of following, like, beat by beat the original ones. Except, like, the only thing they changed is just, like, it's 2018 and not 1976. Um, so I think the build-up to his death was... It came... A little too quickly, because, like, yeah, we see him self-destructing throughout the whole entire movie um, with his drinking problem. But in the third act, you hear him tell, like, the counselor at rehab, like, yeah, I tried hanging myself at 13. And then, like, 10 minutes later, he hangs himself. Yeah. I feel like that's just something that maybe you should have at least shown a little bit more of his depression or his battles with suicide a little more subtly. Uh, throughout the movie besides just oh this dude has a drinking problem so automatically he must be suicidal yeah, yeah. I, I feel i feel like that kind of casts like a weird shadow over what alcoholism really is and it's well, like so not I every alcoholic I, that's how is i thought they were gonna kill him was having him like drink himself to death or like have him overdose on whatever yeah. pills he was taking yeah or like even because like i know in this 1976 one spoiler alert here he does i don't think he has a drinking problem but if he does, I know uh, he ends up crashing his car. Like he gets hit by a car. Um, oh, so like okay. even having it that way, like show like the the consequences of drunk driving. Like he's an alcoholic. Have him die, kind of at the hand of his disease. Um, so I felt like that was like my, probably my biggest complaint was that the his death and the reasoning for his death came a little too quick, um, and wanted it to be a, kind of more spaced out yeah. than it was. Yeah, I feel like showing him younger and definitely just they, they don't have to say anything, just having him maybe like if he's dreaming something of it or something. Just they, I agree. Showing it rather than telling it would have been more effective. Maybe, yeah, maybe even more scenes with like Sam Elliott and him. Yeah. And like Sam Elliott brings it up because like they're brothers, they grew up. I mean, even though Sam Elliott was, I don't know, like maybe two, one or two decades older than him growing up, he was still around him as a brother, so he would have been aware of his suicide attempt. So even like a throwaway line of him, you know, referencing his past attempts would have been, you know, sufficient. Um, I just felt like the third act was a little rushed. And then even then too, like even after his death, they show Lady Gaga like breaking down like the pictures and everything. But even then it's just like it goes from his death to three minutes later she's singing at his funeral and then the movie ends yeah i feel just like there's no no time to breathe yeah it's just like so much happened in that third act and they're wrapping up so much stuff i, I and, and that's the thing like i really i was never bored about the movie so even stretching the movie maybe another 15 20 minutes i think would have completely elevated it or deflated I don't, I don't, my concerns. I don't know if I agree with that, mostly because it was already a two and a half hour long movie. <laughs> well, that's that. the thing. Like, 
I didn't realize it was two and a half hours. Like, yeah. I knew when we were coming to the end just because of following the beats of a story, but I wasn't aware, like, oh, shit, dude, we've been here for two and a half hours. <laughs> I, I think you can only push that so far, though. Like, I, I also wasn't sitting there being like, oh, this is really long. But even if something is a good movie, I feel like once you hit about the three-hour mark, you might you might be saying, like, wow, this is really good, but also this is long as shit. Yeah. Like like with Lord of the Rings, I'm not sitting there and going like, oh, this is really boring. But after like two hours, I'm like, oh, man, we're still in the second act. All right, <laughs> let's buckle in, you know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Uh, I also thought Dave Chappelle was poorly used. Like, I just don't understand his, like, I understand his meaning, so I'm not saying like that. But I don't understand, I guess, why cast, I guess, Dave Chappelle as that character. I think they could add more scenes with him that show that they were better friends rather than, hey, let's have him drop in for this 10-minute portion. Exactly. Just have... You could have replaced Dave Chappelle with any actor and the role would not have changed. So if you're going to have somebody like Dave Chappelle's stature, I'm not saying he's a great actor or anything, but with our generation, at least, he's a pretty big dude. So... um, I feel like if you're going to cast someone like him, you should have him play more of a role. Yeah, use him a little more. So I thought that was a missed opportunity there. But then again, I I did enjoy it, the movie. So these are just, I guess, pulling up straws of things I did not like. Little nitpicking kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you guys are kind of saying everything I've felt. I wasn't... I don't know if I'm ever going to watch it again willingly or anything, but it it was enjoyable probably same here okay i know well, liz liz went to go see it twice really and i was like yeah that's what well. uh katie told me at least we were katie and i were going we saw the movie and then we went out to eat and then she's like oh liz just texted me and she's going to see uh, star is born again jesus yeah, so I was like man how could you watch that twice <laughs> i don't i don't have plans to watch it again like in theaters but i do listen to the album at work just because I, I like the music yeah and it helps pass the time so surprised you don't listen to like porn while you work that could uh, be entertaining i uh yeah i, I don't what <laughs> <laughs> did he just... yeah I, I don't do that yeah that'd be weird right <laughs> porn in, in the corner but like what do you guys think is that weird like if i admit it right now is that weird <laughs> but, like we can cut around this right <laughs> They don't have to know it's just like man on man porn that I listen to, right? Like I just I just really like the grunting, makes me work harder. <laughs> makes me work harder. <laughs> God damn it. Um I think a, like a few a little more notes on this. I think uh I like the casting news behind all this too cuz it was such a project that a lot of people in Hollywood were looking to remake this. So like at one point in time, like Clint Eastwood was supposed to direct it with Beyoncé in the main role. But then Beyonce got pregnant, so that got shelved for a while, and then uh, and then Bradley Cooper came on to direct it, and he wasn't gonna star. But then he wanted uh, like Christian Bale and like Johnny Depp, Tom Cruise, like, pretty much like the A-list of Hollywood to star, but nobody wanted to, so he's just like, "Fuck it, I'll do it." And then uh, and then he found Lady Gaga to do it. But then, like, Robert De Niro was supposed to play Andrew Dice Clay's character, so he was supposed to play the father of Lady Gaga's character, so mm. I thought that was kind of a little interesting how, like, yeah, he didn't join it. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Um, so, yeah, and then I, I do, I really do, like, appreciate Bradley Cooper's, I guess, uh, um, not attention to the role, but 
Yeah. How he how he just like he trained for like over like a year on his singing voice so it could come off realistic in the film. And I definitely think he's gonna be up for a nomination. I think he deserves it. At least acting wise, I think he deserves it. So I'm kind of happy for him, I guess, in a sense, because I really like him. I think he's really talented and he's very good looking. Yeah, I know you've mentioned that a couple of times now. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm starting to think you like Bradley Cooper. Bradley Hooper? <laughs> Get it? Like, who is he? But I like his rhymes with Cooper. I'll be Bradley, here all week, guys. Bradley Pooper. Yeah, okay. All right. Do, do we need a commercial uh, break in between our subjects? Yeah, this uh, this first segment brought to you by Benito's. Uh, Benito's. <laughs> Uh, a, a crunch is born. Uh, uh, Benitos. <laughs> Benitos. Dip it in sauce. <laughs> then your mouth. A crunch uh, is born was too good. I wasn't ready for a crunch is born. <laughs> this is the reason we only do this once every month. <laughs> Benitos. Uh, they're made of beans. That's why it's in the name. <laughs> Just leave that. Benitos. They're made of beans. <laughs> Oh, oh my God! All right, we'll move on to well, movie number movie? two. It was First Man. What's First, first Man? <laughs> yeah, First Man. Um, <laughs> you guys saw this last week, right? Last weekend? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I just got out of this like uh, an hour ago. Um, so I guess you I can. Want I, to... You want me to? I'll, yeah. I can lead off. Uh, I I enjoyed this a lot. I'm gonna just start off right away that I'm mildly biased because I'm obsessed with space. So anything space related, especially when it comes to history with space travel and anything like that, I'm already. It's just. It's already up there for me, and so. Um, I, I really liked the movie. I thought I didn't realize it was gonna focus more on. <clears throat> um not focus more on but it's like his family side being a huge focus yeah so i wasn't really the same way yeah i wasn't expecting that and i didn't um i thought they did a good job i thought it wasn't really too um distracting or anything i mean it's a part of it's about him it's about neil armstrong and so it's i mean it makes sense that they're going to include that side of his life being a focus and i also had no idea uh that he had a daughter die uh that young and i i don't i have no idea on the history of what uh um oh god the the accuracy of like you know this being like a huge point for him and doing this and you know that sort of thing but um i really the sound design in this movie was amazing i really want to see this in imax because i feel like those space launch sequence scenes are gonna would just be insane in imax um it was weird being real tense and knowing like he's gonna get like nothing's gonna happen to Neil Armstrong throughout the movie, but it was still I was just super tense and like with a lot of the scenes and I feel like that speaks to how they make the movie. Um, yeah, the opening which I thought- also goes back to sound design I think a little bit too, just like amping it up and setting it up in this way where everything feels on edge and tense, even though like obviously this dude survives and comes back to Earth. <laughs> like yeah, so um so. I just I I thought it was really good. I'm excited to watch it again at some point. Um, but I thought Ryan got. I thought just really everybody was real good. I was really happy to see Patrick Fugit too. I forgot he was in this. Um, but yeah, those are my my quick general thoughts. So 
you guys know. I, uh, I, so I agree with you that I wasn't expecting it to be so much about him and like his family relationship and his relationship with his wife and, and about the death of his daughter. And, um, I was going into it thinking it was going to be more about what it took to make him the first man on the moon, mm. literally like in terms of the science and the landings and the, the trips and whatever. Yeah. Um, so to that end, I was a little disappointed because I was really hoping to see some like just basically two hours of like groundbreaking moon flight simulation type of stuff, which they had that, you know, the little 10 minute section where they have them actually landing on the moon. And... It kind of it made me yeah, it made me think a little bit of like hidden figures. Did you guys see that? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think so. That's the one about the woman who did all the math that. Yeah. So yeah. like, like it, I thought it was going to kind of be more in that sense to a point where it's diving into like, you know, they're not getting super crazy with the math, but they're doing enough to where you see like the amount of work they're doing into just yeah. making sure. Of, yeah. Yeah. So the trial and error that went into it all. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. But, and so then when it ended up being mostly about his personal struggle, getting over the death of his daughter and his relationship with his family and all that and. Not, not to say that that made it worse. I just that's not what I thought it was going to be. So, I, to personally, I was hoping it was going to be more mm-hmm. uh, focused on that space related. Yeah, I get that. Um, I'm really curious. I, I part of me, I really want to have my dad see it uh, because, so like, my dad tells this story that uh, when they landed on the moon, he so he was uh, in college at the time and. Um, he said he so after they everybody watched him land on the moon like not a single person he knew was not in front of their tv watching it happen yeah and uh so he just for out of curiosity's sake he decided um during when when they were showing the first footage of the of the guys walking on the moon uh he walked out his front door and he at the time he lived like in an apartment or the dorm was like right by like a highway and so he just like ran up this little hill and he just stood on the highway and he like looked all around and he said there's zero cars anywhere for like <laughs> 20 minutes wow and so just that like that's how like every single person was glued to their tv during yeah. this and so like I, i'd be really curious to have somebody like my dad watch it to just to see the scenes of the landing on the moon and looking at the moon close up because i think a lot of that stuff looks very realistic and so for someone like my dad who whose first 3d movie was fucking noah four years ago (laughs) and and that's the only thing he's seen in 3d and like that's he doesn't really see a lot of sci-fi stuff like he's someone who would have like personal experiences with witnessing all this so like having seeing it on the big screen and seeing it in this great amazing cgi detail like i i would just be really curious to see, like if he's like just blown away or something by that yeah because it, it was really well done and good looking mm-hmm. there was um that was another thing too the movie had it had a lot of like beautiful shots um i've constantly taking like notes in my head like oh fuck that was so good that looks so cool it looks so cool looks so i said that so many times throughout the movie the scene where they're trying to do the lunar landing uh practice and it's where he shoots oh, yeah. himself out of the thing and then he's like the, the way where he's just like looking over his shoulder at it and the parachutes kind of behind him and you see the the uh test lunar module thing on fire uh, that shot just yeah. looked real pretty it's a lot of stuff like that that was real cool so brian are you ready for is this your rant is this time for the rant 
Uh, sure, it can be time for the rant. Okay. Before I run into the rant, though, yeah, I yeah. will tell you again the good things I liked about it. Okay. And first off, I thought whoever did the cinematography, which I looked it up, and the cinematographer was uh, Linus Sandgren. Never heard of him before, but he did shoot also La La Land, First Man, Battle of Sexes, American Hustle. So he's been a while mm. around a while. Um. I thought just the cinematography and like the scope of everything was fucking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you, Sean. Like I just want to watch this in IMAX again, just so I could see those shots. Mm-hmm. Cause they were, they were just some of the best shots I've ever seen in a movie. There was a one shot of, um, of when they get to the moon right before they get to the moon. And it's like this sweeping shot, uh, of the moon surface, but then also the blackness of space, mm-hmm. and it's just, and it's just like I'm just watching it. I'm just like, holy fuck! Like this is what 2001: Space Odyssey should have been and would have been if it was filmed like in 2018. Yeah, and and that was like really the entire time I was like watching it and thinking, watching the movie, thinking like, what could like Kubrick do with this technology right now that we have? Yeah. And so first off, like I just that was like my favorite part of the whole thing was the cinematography and the shots because I thought they were beautiful. And then it also gives credence to to Chazelle because that was like the biggest complaint with people when he got this movie it was just like the dude who directed La La Land or the dude that got Whiplash. Why? How can he make a non-music centric movie? And I thought he did great. I thought he knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. And it, it and he definitely has a distinct, I think, style of directing and there's little like moments of so in the beginning when he's with his daughter and he's in bed and like there's a few shots of him just lingering and i noticed that chazelle kind of directs his shots where where he lingers a lot and i always like those shots because i feel like they show character yeah it feels authentic yeah and it it really does and it came out really really great in this so first of all I i i thought he directed a really good job um gosling I, is my front runner right now for best actor just because a lot of i guess oscar movies haven't been released yet i guess you can call them oscar movies um so and i but also i just think he did an amazing job people i've read said read some reviews saying that he was like while praising him saying that he's a little wooden or just like too subtle but i thought he was perfectly I don't know a lot about Neil Armstrong, so I don't know if he was this way and, like, really awkward in real life, but I thought that, like, the moments where he should have been subtle, he was, and then the moments, like, on the moon when he was crying, throwing his daughter's bracelet, and, like, he's just breaking down, like, I thought that was, like, perfect. Mm-hmm. So I thought he nailed pretty much every emotion that he should have been portraying at that time really, really well. Um, I think they didn't really do too much with Claire Foy. I feel like they really played her up in a lot of the advertisements to be like this one-two punch of Gosling and her and kind of their life. And I understand that the movie is literally called First Man, so it's going to be about Neil Armstrong. But they played it up in the trailers and they've been in marketing with her saying like, oh, she's also just as good or prominent as Ryan Gosling is. And I did not get that vibe at all. Mm-hmm. I, I think she was a little underused. Um, I feel like it's the, good. It, I was just going to dive in real fast. Uh, I thought they were giving an interesting perspective, too, of her point of view with her seeing, like, the other astronaut who died and her seeing the wife just, like, she's just, like, lost it where she's just, like, 
you know yeah, she's just falling apart yeah and yeah. so you're seeing kind of that other you, the whole time you're only thinking about neil armstrong and this is giving you that perspective of like well his death is also going to affect that kind of thing so it kind of kind of forces you to see there's more to it than just him you know like just his death affecting yeah. only him kind of thing you know it's like there's this ripple effect so but yeah that was uh damien chazelle's wife too uh, fun fact oh that played uh patty or yeah pat white or something like that yeah interesting yeah that was his wife she uh she liked my tweet oh oh really yeah oh, like you're famous a year or two ago uh after whiplash or La La La, after one of them won something La La Land. yeah i tweeted oh. like oh it looks like damon giselle really just cares about his crew because he was like crying watching one of his guys win yeah and then like within like 20 seconds his wife liked my tweet so she was just like scrolling through twitter at, at the show <laughs> i think they were dating at the time i don't think they were married yet unless he is dating and married someone completely different uh i think they got they were engaged for that and then they got married this past year actually okay. um but yeah I thought, I thought that was a fun little fact uh it's a lock to win like best ensemble cast because i thought like you had all these high profile actors in it and i thought each one did good i gave in uh not planned out moan when kyle chandler came on screen (laughs) uh i was like oh and liz looked at me i was like what (laughs) did you just moan yeah i did Oh, okay. Did you see who's um, on screen? But did you did you see Kyle Chandler on screen there? He was right there. Coach Taylor's right fucking there. Uh, another fun. Th- I thought Corey Stoll played a perfect Buzz Aldrin and mm-hmm. how much of a fucking asshole he was and <laughs> kind of still is. I didn't know uh, that he was that big of an asshole. That was the only thing I knew about both him and Neil Armstrong, besides them both being on the moon, was that Buzz Aldrin has a reputation of being a dick. So, to the extent of him being a dick, I had no idea, but I've heard that he's kind of a dick. I mean, a smart man, so it's kind of like he deserves to be a dick, because he is as smart as he thinks he is. <laughs> I was I was feeling like they were almost portraying him as, like, slightly uh, Aspergian. Like, he was just uh, he's too smart, and, like, he doesn't have the social... Uh, capability to like just pay attention to the fact like dude you can't talk about that shit right now like people Mm -hmm. actually died these these are someone's friends and colleagues and he's Mm -hmm. like you know talking about the well we statistically we weren't there we don't know what about the trajectory and the flight path and blah it's like i almost picked it up like he just had a touch of like asperger's or something Mm -hmm. he could i mean i wouldn't be surprised because that (laughs) definitely how it came across um so yeah so those are the good things i liked about it and the bad things about it has nothing to do with the quality of the film. It's, it's the fact what that the they f- made the Earth round instead of flat. And you're, it's you're that flat it's earther. that it's that the Earth is flat, guys. There has been scientific <laughs> evidence to support this, and, I and wish, nobody is giving this. I the time w- of day. wish this was actually a rant because I would. This would be the time where I just stop recording. <laughs> and, and 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 here is how a Star Is Born is involved with the whole flat Earth theory. I forgot about that. <laughs> Uh no, the Earth is round, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> then why haven't I fallen so yeah. off yet? Because <laughs> you're an idiot. Okay, go ahead. So, 
so the problem with the first man with me is I was watching it and as impressed I was with everything and as impressed I was with Ryan Gosling's portrayal of Neil Armstrong I am just I've grown sick of biographical movies and remakes and I really just want new stories <laughs> <laughs> I don't, and this is like, I mean, it might be film snobbish, I guess, a little partially, but it's just like, I would have rather have seen a completely new story with Ryan Gosling giving that performance with a completely separate character. I don't want to say it's cheating, and because it's not to a point, but that's how I feel when actors and actresses, like, it's just, it's, your job is to create, um, as a director, a writer, or an actor, or whatever, is to create like a new take on, uh, you know, in this case, Neil Armstrong's life. Like, not yeah, not many people know about Neil Armstrong's life, but I don't understand the necessity to make a whole dramatic movie about it. If you're just because this why there's documentaries. Um, as much as I'm excited for the Mr. Rogers movie to come out with Tom Hanks. You know, that's why there is the uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor documentary, so you can learn about Mr. Rogers. I don't understand the necessity to have Tom Hanks play Mr. Rogers when you can have another movie where Tom Hanks is in it playing maybe a similar character that's partially based off of, of Mr. Rogers. And same here, here with this. I just I want to see different movies every weekend besides remakes or um, biographical films when a documentary can easily say what you're trying to say uh maybe just as well because they'll actually have you know like facts so like and i don't know and it's nothing against first man it was just while i was watching it kind of like broken me it's just like i want new movies i want better because nobody's favorite movie is the king's speech you know like and and it's one thing to base a movie on a book because books are usually fiction anyway so like sean's favorite movie is lord of the rings and those are based you know nobody nobody actually fought those wars back in before christ and then mike's favorite movie is uh the uh, shawshank uh, shitdemption um yeah i did say shitdemption there because it <laughs> fucking sucks uh and that book was uh you know, it was fiction. My book, my favorite movie, Stand By Me, and that book is fiction, partially inspired by Stephen King's yeah. life as a child, but they're fiction. They're fictional stories. He didn't actually go find a dead body. So nobody's favorite movie usually is going to be a uh, biography movie or a remake of a movie. I don't know. So it's just those aren't the things that keep the magic of cinema alive, I don't think. Yeah, and, I, and and that's what it, it kind of broke. It, it kind of broke in me in, during First Man. It's just like, yeah, this movie's good. I recognize it being a good movie, but I don't want this to be the only movies that come out anymore. I just yeah. want original stories with original characters. It could be partially inspired by real life people. That's completely fine. But just make it your own. Make Ryan Gosling portray a character like Neil Armstrong, but not Neil Armstrong. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you to a point, uh, just that, like, I I I think I would really love for the movie industry to only, or not only, but to, like, go back to, like, producing more and more original content type films, and it's, it really is hard, because it's a lot of the stuff is just remakes, and, like you said, biographies, you know, even thinking back to previous Oscars stuff, it's like, uh, 
you know, Captain Phillips was an Oscar contender and the one about the the woman who wrote Mary Poppins, Saving Mr. Banks. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's just like all of the Oscar award season stuff does sort of lean a bit in that direction and that it does get old and aggravating when you're just kind of really wanting to see unique and new and creative stories that come just from someone's mind. But I really like um, the Brian Wilson one. Uh, I'm blanking all love of a sudden. And, love and mercy. Yeah, love and mercy. Um, like I, but that I think that for me the reason is because a I just love Brian Wilson, but b that's like one of those stories where that's not super well known versus, you know, something like Captain Phillips, you know, it's like, okay, well that broke the news and was really popular four years ago. And, uh, or or what's the one about, um, the dude who lands the plane. Also Tom Hanks. Sully. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, I don't, we don't need a recreation of every big event. Yeah. And I I think that's my, I think that's my biggest beef is just like when I see news events now, like most recently it was that story of those kids that got trapped in that cave. Um, I can't remember where, but literally as it was happening, the movie rights to this event were being sold and like screenplays were being written and sold about this. And it's just like, this is ongoing and there's already four movies in production for it. And it's just like, this does not need to happen. Like, I don't understand how this can be the future of movies. And it's kind of how we ended up with Netflix getting into the movie making game, which, you know, point blank, they're just the Walmart $5 bin. I mean, they just make really shitty movies and it's kind of what we're stuck with. Every now and then they'll make a really good one, but you'll have to sludge through nine of them to get to that one really good one. And I, I, I get it from a studio standpoint, I do, because, you know, movies are huge risk and you're going to you don't want to pump in 40 million dollars to a movie that's going to make 10. But there's just I don't see the risk taking anymore. Like, well, it's because that's cr- what they used to do is they'd spend 20 million dollars to earn 30. Yeah. And now so it's like everybody's going for home runs. Yeah. And that, nobody, nobody want wants a guarantee. Nobody wants a double. Yeah. Anymore. They, they want guaranteed like. We're, we want to make 500 million off of this movie so here's 200 million turn it into 500 yeah. million yeah and it's just like there's nothing wrong with doubles like people win baseball games off of doubles well the thing is too like they're still getting doubles just the difference is they're rather than making 10 movies that earn 10 million dollars they're making one movie that earns 100 million on a mm-hmm. larger budget so it's like yeah they're just they're not funding these small ventures as often as they were in the 80s and stuff yeah it kind of feels like that's where a24 is like 824 seems to put out a lot of good original yeah stories and things yeah i guess some of some of the stuff's been based on books or something <laughs> like that but if you know it's not i don't know it feels like there's more risk taking there and they're kind well, of it's kind of the same with uh blumhouse too like yeah his Jason Blum or whatever his name is had basically said like, yeah, my, my method is like, I'm going to fund, you know, the conjuring 15 so that I can fund, uh, five independent horror movies that take a chance. And you know what, if three of them fail, whatever, cause two of them did really well on a $10 million budget and made 80 million. So who cares? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. 
It's just, I'm really not, I just want them to take more risks. And it's not going to change because the audience isn't going to change. If anything, I think it's just going to get worse and worse. Like, there will be a day when Stand By Me gets remade. There will be a day when Lord of the Rings, I mean, Lord of the Rings is already getting the TV <laughs> treatment. TV show. So, you know, it's going to be a day where all of our favorites are going to get remade, and that's fine. No one's remaking Shawshank. Never going to (laughs) happen. But it's just like, at some point, you know, it's like memes. You know, you see the same memes every single day, they just lose their meaning. So if you remake the same movie every 10 years, it's going to lose its meaning. And it's just just going to be an inflation of reshuffled shit. So that was my rant. Yeah. The movie industry needs a little bit of a, a, a soft reboot. <laughs> the movie industry needs a remake. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <clears throat> I don't have anything else to add to this conversation. I don't either. Um,. Rudy was me on the podcast like that. Rudy was puking there, so that's why I disappeared for like two minutes. Oh, gross. Yeah. Was he puking up uh, uh, Benito's? Uh, good enough for your dog to puke? Good enough for you to puke. Benito's. Benito's. Eat them, then throw them up so your dog can eat them. First Benito's. First Be- one. Benito two. Man. The first man to land on the bean. What? Benitos. Fucking eat them. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking sponsor us, please. Please eat them. <laughs> Fucking eat them. We podcast once a month now, but please. We, we can't afford to keep doing this. We need <laughs> sponsors. <laughs> uh, Alright, we'll wrap this up. I'd say we'll be back next week, but that didn't happen the last time I said it, so I'm not we'll gonna. Be, we'll be back eventually yeah until then pasta la pasta pasta see you benito Uh, bye